different music, different tempo. All right. Um, right. Is this going to be a separate episode or are we going to bundle them? I think they're they're pretty short. I'll, I'll see how I can, if, if I have to mix them together. Okay. So anyways, welcome to the Swapcast. Just in case this becomes its own independent episode, you should probably know what show you're listening to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, typically we cover news stories involving sex workers and sex work uh, based legislation, things like that. This isn't really new. This is actually several years old, but I wanted to cover it because I was tweeting about this um, at Uppity Negress. If you're on Twitter, two P's, two T's, two S's. Um, and apparently a bunch of folks did not know about Melissa Farley. Um, folks knew that she is allegedly a researcher, which we're using that term very loosely because she has a lot of issues um, surrounding her work um, and her ability to be impartial. But she also wrote this thing several years ago, and I guess a bunch of people don't know it exists. So I wanted to read it. Um, it's really gross and disgusting, but I do think it's important to talk about. Uh, mostly just because a lot of folks, um, when it comes to sex workers, uh, sex worker activists, um, just the general public, they don't necessarily understand why um, there's like so much hatred for sex workers and why there's so much stigma. And it's because of people like Melissa Farley who write these really awful things about sex workers and completely normalize it. So just keep in mind as we're reading this um, that this is written by somebody who has degrees, who is a researcher, who is a professional, and this is how they talk about the people that they're supposed to be doing research on. So that's a, it's sort of like an additional context to why so much uh, research around sex workers' rights is just so fucking shitty. And this actually came up because uh, on Twitter there is an account, GSWER23, that's Gracie, who is a sex worker based in the UK who does street work. I made a tweet saying something like, it's interesting that people still use Melissa Farley's research when she has a whole section on her wiki page about controversy that she fabricated and misrepresented research and deliberately and used in examples of researchers rebuking her research due to its flawed methods. That actually happened. She got reported uh, by her colleagues for uh, her unethical behavior. And um, then uh, Alan, the sex chaplain, who is at the sex chaplain on Twitter, who's fun, love Alan, uh, responded and said, Dr. Farley stated that some of her opinions on prostitution were formed prior to her research, including that prostitution is a terrible harm to women, that prostitution is abusive in its very nature, and that prostitution amounts to men paying a woman for the right to rape her. So it seems she was biased from the start, which definitely taints a lot of her research. Now, all those things are true, and I think most folks know that. Here's the part that folks didn't know. Because I'm a fucking leftist, I don't forget anything. <laughs> I always have receipts, because why you lefties are like this. That's why nobody likes you folks. That's why nobody likes leftists. We never forget. We always have receipts. Um, so uh, she wrote this thing with someone named Nikki Kraft, who I guess is like a woman's rights activist or something. I'm using all these terms like activist very loosely here because these people are obviously terrible people. Her name is Nikki Kraft. They're crafting a plan for that. Right, yeah, okay. And so um, I actually tweeted in 2018, because leftists don't fucking forget anything. Uh, I said there are several reasons not to trust uh, sex work studies from anti-prostitution researcher Melissa Farley, but this charming thing she wrote with Nikki Kraft speaks fucking volumes about how she actually feels. Now, this used to be on Melissa Farley's website. Was, Trigger warning? Oh, yes. It's, it's really terrible. Uh, this used to be on Melissa Farley's website, which is, um, what is it, like, prostitution prostitution research i believe and um when sex workers saw it, this was a few years ago like 
maybe 2015 or so sex workers saw it and were like rightfully like this is fucking disgusting and so melissa farley removed it but has since pretended like it never fucking happened however her co-writer nikki craft had it on her website after melissa farley took it down so i had to grab the screenshots from nikki craft's website and they wrote this shit in 1996 and it is called why i made the choice to become a prostitute and it's supposed to be like their satire. I think it's supposed to be satire. It's just really fucking gross. I just think I think it was framed as satire to justify writing it, but they really just wanted to say really terrible things about sex workers. Yeah. You know, as that sort of humor, that punch down humor tends to go, right? Yes. So it says I became a prostitute because dot dot dot. And then it just has a list of 18 reasons. And the first one says, I saw a pretty baby and it reminded me of my stepfather and I thought I could get paid for it. Right. So if you haven't seen the movie, as the as is implied, it was about incest and somebody who was like groomed and sexually abused by their stepfather. So already we're starting with the rape jokes. Great. Class. Class. Number two, I saw a pretty woman and I liked the clothes. Okay. Number three, I saw a Demi Moore movie and I thought, wow, what an easy and fun way to make a million dollars. Right? That was, what was that? Indecent Proposal? Where she was married and some guy offered her a million dollars to sleep with her. Uh, Number four. This one's really fucking gross. I liked getting fucked by the football team, the fraternity brothers, and law students at graduation parties. I realized that gang rape could be a transcendental experience. I would like to reiterate again, this is the degreed professional who gets paid to research sex workers. This is how she talks about sex workers. This is a, a feminist writer thinker? Yeah. yeah. See, like you don't you don't get real feminism without some slut shaming. You don't. You don't. Uh, number five, I figured laying on my back and getting fucked by hundreds of men and getting on my knees and sucking thousands of dicks was the most profound empowerment a woman could have. Number six, my vocational count, my vocational counselor and I discussed a whole lot of possibilities. Doctor, lawyer, women's studies teacher, legal secretary. I was offered a four-year scholarship at Stanford, but frankly, prostitution seemed like the most rewarding job available. Number seven, I worship the goddess and she told me fuck mankind. I misunderstood her spiritual message and found myself in a lifetime of sexual servitude instead. Like, this is not fucking funny. Wait, they said the goddess said fuck mankind. Yeah. And... So, are they saying that their goddess says fuck mankind? Isn't that like a, a great deal of humans across the gender that, spectrum? That, that is, but... But these are also the type of feminists that ain't no gender spectrum. Well, see, again, this is the satire part, right? Because, oh, I misunderstood her message and found myself in a lifetime of sexual servitude instead. Like, they're just being fucking assholes. Uh, number and Puritans. Oh, yeah. Number eight, I came to appreciate the depth of Hugh Hefner's, Larry Flint's, and Bob Guccione's understanding of my sexuality. Number nine, my boyfriend wanted me to do it. He said that being part of a stable of whores who worked for him could help me learn how to get along with other women. Yeah, this is the feminist who researches sex workers. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because she's always asking. You know, she's out there doing right. outreach. Mm-hmm. She's like, hey, you folks need some sandwiches and questions? Shit, yeah, okay. Uh, Ten, my father wanted me to do it. Some nice uh, incestual rape culture again. Eleven, I met, I met a nice man on alt.sex.prostitution. Twelve, Camille, uh, Camille Paglia told me it was the feminist thing to do. 
I see this one is like super shitty, right? 13. I felt coerced by my landlord, the daycare center, the utility companies, the grocer, my dealer, and my plastic surgeons to pay my bills every month. Which is like a lot of sex workers are in a position where they have to do sex work because that is literally how they're paying their rent and buying their groceries. So thanks for making fun of the people you're supposed to be helping. Like, what? What? Yeah, and wait till you find out why I go to work. <laughs> like, it's, it, when you go around different. asking people why they're doing their jobs, yes, the vast different number of answers. One person, baseball cards. The other one, moldy cheese. Everybody buys the different things every, with their money. Everyone buys different things. Yeah. Uh, 14, I didn't want to work at Red Lobster. All right. Number 15, I wanted to be treated like a lady. Uh, number 16, I went to Coyote's Halloween extravaganza, the hooker's ball, and found out just how glamorous prostitution could be. It was also, like, extra shady that they're making fun of that event, because that was an event for, like, sex workers just to get together and have, like, a safe space. So, like, you're basically making fun of people because they dressed up and went to their safe space. Like, you know. Yeah. Piece it's of shitty. shit. It's shitty. And um, patriarchal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, but we've said this in the wine cellar a million times. You folks know that. Uh, 17, it's complicated, but I thought that working in the sex industry would increase my self-esteem. It's sort of like saying to the world, I'm the best grade A ground beef and being the cow. I don't... Are there clients out there saying that? No. Yeah, like... It's just fucking disgusting. Yeah, like, that means that... That means that that is their thought. Like, that's what... You're basically take they're taking their thoughts and imposing them on imaginary people. Well, I mean, and that's the thing that a lot of aunties do is they're like, oh, well, this is how clients talk about sex workers. And it's like, no, that's how you talk about sex workers. Like most clients are not just walking around going like, oh, set of holes to fuck. Like, no, that's like very specific yeah, degrading misogyny from the aunties. Like it's fucking. Uh, and then the last one is number 18. And then, you know, even though it all sounded really good and selling fucks and blowjobs sounded really empowering, I realized that talking about it and writing books defending it would be even more empowering. That, it even sounds ch- like these are the educated people. Yes. Because, you know, I'm a Midwest worker now. Yes. I may have grown up in Washington State and lived in Florida, but I'm a Midwest worker now. And mm-hmm. I'm feeling real flyover statey. With this ivory tower liberal that said, what's that last one again? Um, it was. Oh, it has to load up. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I just I just clicked away. Um, oh, no. They said selling fucks and blowjobs. Yeah, selling fucks and blowjobs sounded really empowering, but um, it all sounded really good. And selling fucks and blowjobs sounded really empowering. I realized that talking about it and writing books defending it would be even more empowering. It all sounded really good. Selling mm. fucks and blowjobs. Yes. That is Donald Trump level articulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what did that nigga recently say? Like, I had a test. I, I, my, my, I tested positive. That, that means it was a good result. It, like, that's that. It sounded really good selling fucks and blowjobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, that also is another big issue with the aunties is they don't want sex workers talking about their experiences because they want to dictate your experiences for you, right? The yeah. whole, like, you are this thing, you are, you know, whatever, the, subtle, the, the misogynistic, degrading language that they use to talk about sex workers and, of course, to go with their theory that all sex work is paid rape and that sex workers are just too stupid to know the difference between consensual sex and rape. So it's like, yeah, they really don't like the idea that sex workers are... Um, you know, speaking out and writing books and telling their own fucking stories. Like, they don't want that. 
But, um, and also, like, the thing, too, is a lot of these were about rape and, like, um, you know, being pimped out or, like, being raped by uh, men in your family. And what's, I guess, interesting, for lack of a better word there, is that one of Farley's um, most cited studies was one where she said the average age into prostitution is 13 years old. And it's like, how, if you actually believe that the average age is 13, how can you write this thing and just make these jokes about girls getting raped by their stepfathers? Like, what kind of fucking sadist are you? Yeah, like, see, either you're a liar and you don't think it's 13, or you're, yeah, like you said, what kind of sadist? Or you're this other sadist right? that thinks they are 13 and this is how you should treat them. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, pick your sadism, but yeah. we're gonna use that word because, and for you new subscribers that I see uh, clicking over, that is a regular word we use here. We don't find it hyperbolic. We have to point to the sadism written into this Westernized culture. Mm -hmm. Like I never, I always say, um, you know, all that ingenuity, creativity, raw materials, and time to create, and these niggas made torture devices. Yep. And these are the folks that traveled the planet saying, be like us at the point at the tip of a gun. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Melissa Farley, uh, just as a side note, born in 1942, is a clinical psychologist, researcher, and feminist and anti-prostitution activist. Still alive? Yeah. She's, uh, how old is she? 77. You're like 16 years older than my mother. Yeah. Yeah. She's still around. Um, so Yeah. Uh, and I just, like, since 1993, Farley has researched prostitution in 14 countries and has written many studies reporting high rates of violence and post-traumatic stress disorder among women employed in the sex trade. In a 2003 paper sum uh, summarizing prostitution research in nine countries, Farley and others interviewed 854 people, including 782 women and girls, 44 transgender people, and 28 men currently active or have re had recently left the sex trade industry. Now... What, is her swerfism so powerful that it overrides her potential turfism? I think so. I mean, I'm sure she doesn't, like, gender people. But then again, but also keep in mind the sadism of it, right? Yeah. Like, it's probably really fun for her to interview trans people and, like, misgender them. Because this is the same person who wrote this fucking thing about, like, ha-ha, getting raped by your stepdad as a kid, and you're going to fucking interview people with PTSD in the sex trade? Are you fucking serious right now? And it says women and girls, assuming some of them are underage. So, like, they literally are the 13-year-olds that you're making fun of for being raped by their fathers. This is the person that they fucking let loose into the sex work community? Like, I fucking hate Melissa Farley. Do, have they ever, like, been questioned on camera or in some sort of interview of why they use this language, this type of communicating. Like the the thing I read earlier? Yeah. I've never heard it addressed by her or anyone from her organization. Yeah, like what made, like, do you still stand by that? Why did you think it was okay It was then? up for like, a, it was up for over a decade, like. Jeez. And never, as far as I know, never released any sort of like apology i fucked up i shouldn't have done that just took it down because public shaming really and this went up on a website in 1996 yeah it was up from like 1996 until like roughly roughly 2015 it was on her website so this could be like another example of like shit isn't happening more we just have the internet right like so there were probably fucking swerfs running around all over the place talking like this but mm -hmm. then finally someone was like wait 
so I can go buy a computer and I can put it in the computer through the telephone line and other people can see my bad idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will totally do that. I'm ready for the future. And you think like this person, you said they're 76 now. Yeah. And so what? Uh, 20 years ago is 2000. So they were 56. And then so for the yeah, they were only 52 years old. Yeah. Relatively young. Spry. Mm-hmm. Internet. What's that? Fuck yeah, let me spread the message. Oh, and you can tell that it was, like, new internet shit, too, because the, not on her website, but on Nikki Craft's website, who also had it up, it's, like, the fucking tackiest 90s, like, website shit. It's, like, a like a lavender background with, like, green text. It's, like, so bad. It's so bad. Yeah, what was the, the <laughs> hatred of just having a white background and black letters? I don't know. That's how we're used to reading. What know. was the deal with the internet and just be like, yo, that's Crayola, every fucking website. Mm-hmm. All right, this is Swapcast. Yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, and so then, of course, uh, her prostitution studies have been criticized by soci- sociologist Ronald Weitzer uh, for reporting issues with method- methodology. He was critical of what he saw as a lack of transparency in interviews, how responses were translated into statistical data, and a sampling bias in favor of marginalized sex workers such as street-based workers, and the general application of Farley's studies to oppose any kind of sex work. He also argued Farley's findings are heavily influenced by radical feminist ideology. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, keep in mind, like, even though these studies are completely fucked up and misquoted, like the one about the average age being 13, been debunked so many times, it was specifically a study done of minors, the oldest person in it was, like, 16. So, yes, the average age might be 13 if the oldest person in the study is 16. Mm. And this is Farley, what's their first name again? Melissa. Melissa Farley. But, um, people use that. That was actually used, uh, when they made the Swedish model legislation. So, yeah, she's actually influencing policy across the world, and this is how she talks about sex workers. And the Swedish model shit's like 2011, 12? When it came into play? Yeah, when it started getting, like, legislated and enacted. Oh, uh, let's find out. Oh, well, yeah, let's, let's take a little look-see-poo. Because if you look at it, they they really started their push, to my understanding, in 1996. So then we can count up those years of, like... But then, you know, there's the uh, part of the trajectory was the internet getting better. Right. So as we go and folks folks like us that have been doing it longer, you know, have a better internet. Right. With some net neutrality left and can hit a lot of people faster. Uh it was adopted by Sweden in 1999 and Norway in 2009. 3 fucking years. Yep. She was able to do that in 3 fucking years. Yep. Well, I mean people hate sex workers, so it was easy. Yeah. Yeah, damn, we've got work to do. Oh, fuck yeah. And then, of course, keep in mind, too, that this is, you know, she's tied in with the, um, fucking, um, like, the the anti-trafficking lobby, and they just are raking in all this money, and it's, you know, because, I mean, it's good for lawmakers, it's good for, because, right, it's good if you're an elected official, like, oh, cracking down on, you know, human trafficking, like, obviously very popular, gets you votes, but it also allows you to increase police budgets and increase surveillance, which leads to more arrests, which makes it seem like you're tough on crime, which is seen as a good thing, even though that's actually not a good thing. And, you know, and they just get all this money for, you know, police stings for these anti-trafficking orgs, for her research and shit like that. And everyone's getting paid to make sex workers' lives fucking miserable. Now, um, now are are there, like, um, like, organized efforts that you know of that are focused on, like, let's go for this specific city in this specific state 
because we have like a you know legislators that are more aligned with us that we can push like is that going on in anywhere so, in america you know like of? for decrim you mean yeah or, well i mean there's new york there's stuff going on in chicago there's stuff going on in seattle um yeah there's a lot of um Right now, some of the biggest things are um, talking to like local lawmakers and trying to get them to stop arresting sex workers, um, which has had mixed results across the country. But yeah, um, so yeah, that's it's just it's it's a fucking mess. Oh, oh, they also have a little bit about uh, Nikki Farley and uh, Nikki Craft in here. Uh, oh, the National Rampage Against Penthouse. Okay, the rampage was a campaign of public destruction of bookstore-owned copies of Penthouse and Hustler. Farley was arrested 13 times in nine states for her actions. Okay, so she's... So she just destroys property. You know, y'all got mad as fuck when Antifa destroyed shit. Yeah, so apparently in the 80s, she was just going around burning magazines because that was going to stop exploitation, I guess. And again, I'm not going to be able to get like some modern day alt-right, if you will, person to sit down and speak honestly with me. But that's a bug out because it's like they're going to be in favor of private property and protecting private property and capitalism. So don't destroy private property. Mm -hmm. But then also we hate sex workers. Yeah. But then also she's a feminist and she's doing it for feminism. We hate feminists. Right. But all those damn sex workers. Matter of fact, let's go harm some sex workers now. Fuck it. We're on board with the feminists. Like that's. And, and I, well, like, that's the thought process I could see, but happening much faster. But I mean, heads. that happens all the time because a lot of like swerfs work with fucking, I get what was the last, well, a couple episodes ago, we were going through the timeline where it was anti-trafficking who are evangelical based orgs yeah. came out and then radical feminists came out and then the Catholic church came out like one month after another. And it's like, why would a radical feminist work with the Catholic fucking church? And they probably think it looks slick to not come out for it at the same time. Like, right. like they can't, they don't, they don't know. Right. They don't know. It's like, no, we know because you're all rapping on the same track. Like, just because you're not rapping at the same time, that's actually not how it's supposed to go. Right. Like, yeah, they spit their verse, then you spit your verse, but the beat didn't change. That's mm-hmm. the, the common denominator yeah. of the yep. sadism and the harm you want to cause didn't change. We know that rhythm. Yep. But now we don't have to dance to it. We know how to dance around it. Right. So tune in and get the swapaganda. The swapaganda, yes. Uh, apparently testified against kink.com and said that uh, their pornography was equivalent of prisoner abuse at Abu Ghraib. I mean, I don't think it's the same thing. Maybe they're talking about Agrabah. I don't know. Agrabah. Maybe Agrabah. Uh, And is also opposed to, Farley is also opposed to sadomasochism in general. In her essay, 10 Lies About Sadomasochism, she outlines her opposition to BDSM practices and says all practices are abusive, harmful, and anti-feminist. She's the the, the no true Scotsman with this, with her feminism. (sighs) Whatever I need it to be today is the true feminism yep so yeah okay so just keep in mind the person who's doing porn research hates sex workers make fun of sex workers getting raped makes fun of uh incest victims and thinks that all bdsm is inherently unethical yeah this is this is this is the one and destroys private property and destroys private property for you uh libertarians out there (laughs) yes 
Mm-hmm. Well, you right-leaning libertarians. We also know of the libertarians that are anti-landlord. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, hmm. Uh, let's see. Oh, and then this is a quote from, uh, in Canada, when um, they, they eventually adopted the Nordic model, fuckers. But um, in the trial, the judge, Susan Himmel, uh, in her statement, she, saw, she said, I found the evidence of Dr. Melissa Farley to be problematic. Although Dr. Farley has conducted a great deal of research on prostitution, her advocacy appears to have permeated her opinions. For example... Dr. Farley's unqualified assertion in her affidavit that prostitution is inherently violent appears to contradict her own findings that prostitutes who prostitutes who work from indoor locations generally experience far less violence. Furthermore, in her affidavit, she failed to qualify her opinion regarding the casual relationship between post-traumatic stress disorder and prostitution, namely that it could be caused by events unrelated to prostitution. Dr. Farley's choice of language at times is inflammatory and detracts from her conclusions. For example, her comments such as, quote, prostitution is to the community what incest is to the family, and, quote, just as pedophiles justify sexual assault of children, men who use prostitutes develop elaborate cognitive schemes to justify the purchase and use of women, make her opinions less persuasive. Elaborate cognitive schemes. Yes, but also keep in mind that language there. Uh, men who use prostitutes, not have sex with, not purchase services from, use prostitutes. Hate sex workers. Hates, hates, hates sex workers. Yeah. Dr. Farley stated during cross-examination, some of her research on prostitution was formed prior to her research, including that prostitution is a terrible harm to women, prostitution is abusive in its very nature, and a, prosti- yeah, a, prostitu- a prostitution amounts to men paying a woman for the right to rape her. Yeah. I don't I don't think that like if if everybody spoke like me, right? If we lived in a world where everybody just fucking just kicked it plain like William, like when you're being interrogated, questioned. Yeah. All right. Why did you use this prostitute? Ah, uh, well, I wanted another person to be involved in my next ejaculation. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Mm-hmm. I mean, there there are other things, maybe some conversation if it is on the clock, but that's kind of the gist of it. I just wanted a, um, well, a partner, if you will. Yes, yes. And keep in mind, she's saying that um, she had these opinions before. She started her uh, prostitution research in 1993, but in the 80s, she was burning shit. So she's been this way since the 80s. In the 80s? Yeah. I don't want to... I don't want to be a bro right now, <laughs> but you could go on YouTube and just type any year of the 80s and type in Bernie Sanders Oh, and see what he was doing. Probably something better. Also in his 50s, I think. Yeah, it was yeah the they're 80s about the same 50s. age. Yeah. Think, yeah. Yeah. All right. That's about that so, yeah, one. Yeah, that's about that. So just uh, keep in mind that if you see someone using her work, her work is questionable. But also, um, even aside from like the um, like the technical shit about her, like her methodology, like that's an issue. But aside from that, when it comes to the basic core of the issue in her humanity, the things that gang rape could be a transcendental experience. My boyfriend told me to be a whore to learn to get along with women. Like that's the fundamental uh, core of who this person is. So yeah, that's just that's just how much of an asshole they are. Ah. Yep. All right, and this is um, Swapcast, and what does this podcast represent, Miss Ma'am? 
does it represent? Oh, that's a hard question. Your organization, I think. <laughs> I was like, there's so many things to say. <laughs> yes, it does represent the organization, which of course is Sex Worker Outreach Project. Sex Workers Outreach Project. Uh, the National. We also have chapters everywhere, but also this is uh, the sort of like the the podcast of the National Board. Yep, and you're um, on that board. I am on that board. All so. right, and you uh, yeah, so you get in, you communicate. And, um, and folks, so yeah, this will be, um, some folks may have noticed I've been running Swapcast through the Wine Cellar feed. It is still on the Swapcast feed, because I know there are folks mm-hmm. that just want to hear that, mm-hmm. and not the other stuff. So there is still just a Swapcast feed that you can get in your smart device on a podcast application, or just go straight to SoundCloud, and I put those SoundCloud links in the social media. And, um, but also, through because I'm running that through the Wine Cellar feed... Uh, we just put the first episode of um, Talk Fury being hosted by Chelsea Springler through the Wine Cellar feed. And the last one that I'm going to develop and start doing is going to be Social Dissonance. And from there, the regular Wine Cellar is gone. There were going to be changes after a thousand episodes. And that regular Wine Cellar would come on, play like the Bone Thugs music mm-hmm. and the Nina Turner and the extended trigger warning that old wine cellar is gone. Now I'm going to run these three shows through this feed and everything will be Patreon early access first and then off to the feed and linked out to social media where you folks can find it. And you can still get that Patreon at patreon.com slash wine cellar media fund. And you can just drop a tip if you just think the shit's dope and you like things that we do, like getting the free masks out to folks. Mm-hmm. We're about to mail, you know, just mail 50 more masks to the folks out in Fury, and then they're going to get free masks out, socialized masks, if you want to support that. Oh. What else? Uh, Swap Baltimore also asks for more masks. And Swap Baltimore needs more masks? Yes. So we're, be- we're going to be getting masks out. Um, these are disposable masks uh, for mostly houseless folks or working folks that just can't get one right now. And, um... <clears throat> And so we're going to be getting them out on the street in Chicago through Fury and through Baltimore through SWAP. That's SWOP, Sex Workers Outreach Project. All right. And um, I think that's about what's going on. That's paypal.me slash Phoenix and William. And there's always a Patreon. You have the uh, Cash App. Yes. The dollar, dollar sign, sign. Phoenix Kalita. Yes. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah, and that's how you can support it. Phoenix Leader found something. I did. I started going down the rabbit hole of a prostit- prostitutionresearch.com. That's Melissa Farley's website. She wrote a blog post uh, two years ago about Me Too and how it has to include sex workers. And this line is just, I can't get past this line. Hmm. Sexual harassment is what is what prostitution is. If you remove the sexual harassment, there is no prostitution. And sexual I'm, harassment is what prostitution is, really? And I'm guessing, like, so if you're a street-based sex worker, and now do street-based sex... Like, we've all seen the, the HBO documentaries. I don't know how responsible those are. They're not. And those are not responsibly produced, right? No. Yeah, I, yeah I, I'm ignorant. So, but Phoenix Cleeter, just to see, that's how you <laughs> fucking learn shit. She just told me. But, um... So, like, uh, but... So what actually happens out there? Like sex workers approach the car or do the car approach the sex worker? The car worker? approaches them. Uh-huh. And so that, that that's harassment, right? Yes. And that's why they're in a place specifically where they are there to be approached. No. No. No, because then that's when, when they roll down the window and the sex worker says, Hey, chief, this... I, I, <laughs> 
I don't know what you're ro- I don't know what you're rolling up here for. Alright? But I'm working. Yes. And when I'm working, I don't like clients coming spending money with me. Pornography is filmed documentation of prostitution. What is wrong with these people? Wait, that's a very accurate sentence, right? But it's like it's a Susan hateful language. Right. But so yes, thank you, Captain Obvious, and we know you hate it, weirdo. Ugh. Yeah, you've got some strange friends. That's not my friend. Maybe. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, but yeah, this shit is just so disingenuous. Uh, it's, it's saying that men can't tell the difference between um, pornography plots and Me Too accounts. And it's like, how did you frame them? Did you say someone consented to this to be paid and filmed? Like, did you add that in when you... Or was it like, you know, whatever, like the, the gross titles are like, you know, young teen gets fucked by a group of men or whatever. Plots. It's all about GIF thumbnails. <laughs> it's just like, okay, the way they're moving, that looks about like uh, right up my, all right, there you go. Yeah, those are the moves. I'm not fucking doing all that damn reading. Consuming Wild. pornography is one of the most fucking... Ignorant practices of human behavior. I think I'm going to add in extra and, and comprehend. I'm not using my comprehension skills. I'm using none of my education. No, no, no. It's You have to, you know. No. Yeah, this is just goofiness all around. This is what happens when an ape has modern technology. It's all that. <sighs> Try to put extra thought into no. I'm not thinking. Wild. Well, you know, there might be people out there that are thinking that are like, oh, you know, I don't, uh, I don't like that lighting. And then her citations are her own work. Ah. <laughs> Nigga, okay, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. You can't fuck it. You cite yourself as your man. <sighs> You're not a fan of that. I'm not a fan. All right, well, fine then. <laughs> Y'all have a good one. WineCellarMedia.com. And again, folks, we're going to be running Swapcast, Talk Fury, and Social Dissonance through the same wine cellar feed. So if you are subscribed to it already, you don't have to change a thing. The content is coming straight at you. And thank you for tuning into this shit since 2000 fuckem damn 12. Yes.